is happening, everybody? This is your main man, Chuck Livingston, reporting live from Marion, Arkansas. Joined, as always, by my uh, favorite cousin slash uh, annoying person that I hang out with, Logan Livingston. And I hate you too, Charlie. And uh, also, our third correspondent, uh, he was at the uh, Valonia basketball scrimmage the other day, our main man, Colby Yardho. Colby. <laughs> What's up, everyone? His name's not really Yardho. He's just a hoe that likes to play in the yard. So <laughs> uh, that's why we call him that. Uh, so I guess we're going to start off today's show. Um, we've got a nice story time uh, segment from Chuck Livingston. He's been doing some uh, in-depth studying, been in the library a lot. Uh, rolling the sleeves up. Rolling the sleeves up. So we're excited to hear what Charlie's got to bring today. Well, basically, you know, one of the common themes over the past couple of weeks and really this entire season has been just the overall difficulty of the SEC West. Uh, obviously, um, everybody knows about that. It's sort of a punchline on – Sports Center and things like that, but that's sort of the division you're in. And when you add Texas A&M into the mix, it just becomes that much more difficult. Well, the other thing, and this is sort of the thing that that nobody really talks about for Arkansas. Uh, not only have we been getting pounded by the West, but we've also been getting beat up by the uh, Eastern Conference as well. So we're not winning, take, not winning many games. <laughs> basically, what I'm telling you is we've lost X amount against the West, and we've lost just as many against the East. Um, you know, basically, and again, it's a random thing. I don't think there's any conspiracy to keep Arkansas down. Uh, we were just talking about it in the group message, so I did a little research. This year, already, Arkansas has played Georgia Bulldogs, who look like the consensus best team in the East until, what, until Florida pounded them the other day. Would you all agree? Yeah, I don't know where to. Yeah. Um, no, again, I still think Georgia's very good. I'm sure you guys probably aren't off the Georgia ship yet. It was a shocking loss, but it was definitely, uh, you know, they're still, what, 7-2, and 6-2? and two? So Georgia's still, still up there. We still play Missouri, who uh, won the SEC East last year and is now driver's in the seat. driver's seat. So it could be argued that not only, in addition to our usual SEC West schedule, we've also played the top two teams from the East, which, again, as Colby always says, it's a bad time to be rebuilding playing the teams that we're playing in conference play. You know, uh, and So I sort of look back at, over the years, not only do we play Florida, Tennessee, heavy hitters like that, You know, when we first joined the SEC, Tennessee was our cross of cross-division opponent until 2004 when we finally shook them. Of course, that was when Tennessee was going through a period of, uh, I mean, they were winning nine or ten games every year. So we had the meat grinder that was Alabama. We had Auburn. We had LSU. And then for fun, we also added Tennessee into the mix. Uh, You know, I look back over the years. The years that Arkansas is really good are years that we've gone undefeated against the East. But, you know, we even caught Kentucky and Vanderbilt at their historic highs under James Franklin, the Jay Cutler era at Vanderbilt. So I just thought it was interesting that um, we've sort of, in addition to getting the screw in the SEC West, being as tough as it has, we've also taken the screw in the SEC East and playing, it seems like, by my count, we've played the SEC East champion uh, seven times in the past 13 years. That's half the time, but that's just another heavy hitter game that you play in addition to your usual daunting SEC slate. Um, we were sort of talking about it, so it's sort of a uh, sort of frustrating um, sort of thing to keep in mind when you think about, you know, oh man, we're not winning games. Um, you know, it's it, it, you know sort of something we talked about. It's like, man, could Arkansas win the East? Well, you know, maybe they could, but they're they're just not. They haven't gotten the luck of the draw with the schedule like a lot of teams. Sit, like Georgia always seems to dodge Alabama and LSU every year. Uh, Arkansas hasn't done that. Anybody who's good, we end up playing them. 
um, just because it seems like fun to the SEC, I guess. So, <laughs> um, so that's sort of what I found, you know. Um, well, it's like right now, uh, we, we get rid of uh, South Carolina after, you know, mm-hmm. as they were on fire. And this year, obviously, old ball coach is contemplating retirement, it feels like. And we get uh, Missouri, who is potentially going to win the SEC East again this year. Whatever that means, yeah. but yeah, exactly. So. Uh, the best team in the East, exactly. You know, you, you get rid of them. We get rid of Tennessee as they start descending, uh, and we pick up, you know, South Carolina, who takes off as an SEC power. We add Florida into the mix in 2005 and 2009. The Tebow Show. The Tebow Show, thank you, with Urban Meyer and Percy Harvin and Aaron Hernandez's alleged murdering, you know. <laughs> so, uh, alleged, I said alleged, uh, you know, tell t- 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 the legal department to settle down over there. Um. Again, it's that sort of thing that you know. We played Georgia when they were winning the SEC East um, twice in the mid uh, middle part of the last decade. They won in uh, 2003 and 2005. We hooked up with them both years. We even, um, we even caught Florida last year during their undefeated run before Driscoll got hurt. That's true. That's, we caught them. In, they started at the swamp. Yeah, at that. Yeah, they started off hot. They won like their first seven. Obviously, one of those was against us, and then they took a downward spiral. But um, they were actually ranked 18th at the time. So there you go. So you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so that's sort of the thing. You know, and of course, the, there have been a few exceptions. We caught K- Kentucky was our last SEC win, and that team was one and seven in the SEC. You know, we all know about that. But the, from what I found in the past, I've logged 15 seasons of SEC football now, which <laughs> sounds like a lot, but uh, well, because it is. Um, basically, every year we've caught at least one heavy hitter in one of the top two teams in the East, and half the time, the top team in the East. So. Um, just a little interesting thing to, to keep in mind, you know, we sort of haven't gotten the, uh, sort of haven't gotten luck of the draw with the scheduling and, uh, next year we sort of do, we catch Tennessee, but that's on the road and uh, we'll catch Missouri again. So it'll be, um, again, it, it's just one of those things that it's just another obstacle we have to, we get to deal with. We get the pleasure of, uh, of going through here. So yeah, it's like, not only do we have to face the top 10 SEC West, uh, we're, we're literally every team is in the top 10 at one point or another during the season, except for us. Uh, and then we also have to face the top teams from the East. It's hard to win. Uh, it's hard, it's hard to win ball games. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, so like I said, again, it, it's nothing you can help. It was just something that I thought was interesting. So, you know, when people talk about Arkansas being, you know, a mid-rung SEC team, I, I don't I don't agree with that. But if they if that's the perception, and it seems like it is, it's that way because we've played – better teams than other teams, you know, so it's sort of interesting. Colby, do you have any thoughts on this uh, on this essay of mine? Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's, the SEC's not trying to just sit there thinking around, let's, how are we going to keep Arkansas down because we're doing right. a pretty good job keeping ourselves down, but it's just kind of the, uh, the luck of the draw right now, and it, it's kind of, you know, if you had Vanderbilt or maybe even uh, Tennessee this year, you might get an SEC win, so it'd been nice, but, you know, it's just the way things work out. Maybe we can, in the future, start getting Vandy when they're down or Kentucky when they're down. Which is, right. Well, you even mentioned Vandy. You know, Vandy. We played them in 2010 and 11. That, those were the first two of the three first years of the James Franklin era. We know what he did for the Commodores. Uh, one of the games we actually blew him out at home. That was our homecoming. That was also the game that Greg Childs blew his knee out. He, um, he was in that game way too long. Way too long. I, I think we all agree on that. And then the next year was a tight game down there that uh, my. Uh, my high school partner Jerry Franklin came up with a uh, a big defensive score. I'm pretty. Oh, we had lost. Yeah, I thought oh, we had lost. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. The game was over. Yeah, I uh, if, if he doesn't scoop a score there, I, I literally ran through my dorm screaming when that happened. It was a, like one of the top moments of the season for me. 
He's just a football player. I love Jerry Franklin. Jerry, I know you're listening. Come on the show with us sometime. Jerry, please. I would love that. I know you're I know you're in the NFL and that's great and I'm sure you're staying very busy with that, but we'd love to talk to you just for 10 minutes or even if you're in town over the holidays. I'd love to have you in studio and show you my office and have you autograph something for me. Um, just for fun. <laughs> just Does for that fun. sound desperate? That sounded uh, pretty desperate. <laughs> sounded pretty desperate? Okay. All right. Well, all right. We'll, we'll edit that out then maybe. Um, nah. anyway, so that's, oh no, we're leaving no, that, we're leaving that in your face. Uh, so anyway, so that, that's what I found. You know, it's just sort of bad luck with schedule. Nothing you can do about it. Just suck it up and work through it. So, um, obviously this is, a uh, this is Arkansas's bye week. Arkansas football is the last bye week of the year, getting ready for the LSU game. But, um, you, you, are you, you listeners have been so great to us and so supportive and asking great questions that uh, we don't take weeks off around here. Colby, do you take weeks off? Uh, sometimes. All right, <laughs> but not ready? from the Hogcast. <laughs> okay, I was like, the all right, that already number one. <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of taking a week off, uh, Logan, double L as I call him, uh, he is the he is the very best at scheduling in the world. He needs to take over Mike Slive's um, job. Logan, you want to tell the people why we're doing this Hogcast on a Tuesday um, and what you're doing next week? Yeah, so I lay out my fall. I have it all planned out. I got my Razorback schedule up on my wall. Uh, I had a vacation week, so I was like, you know what? Arkansas is on a bye week in the fall. It's going to feel great outside. I'm going to take a vacation and not miss the Razorback game. Uh, so I know you guys, if you're listening, you obviously know the pain. Uh Fall planning's hard. You got to plan around your team. I respect that. That's that's just that's absolutely. I've never been prouder to claim you as as a member of my family than than I am when I heard that. You know, that's uh, I mean, because you're doing right by your wife. You're doing right by your your sanity. Although I'm sure there's a small part of you that wishes you had taken that vacation maybe this weekend when uh during that Mississippi State game. Man, I don't know. It could uh, it could have been any of those like four weekends where we got close to winning. Uh, Bama, A and M, this one. I don't know which one's worse. I think I'm going to take the next time we lead in a, in a football game, and it may not happen for the rest of the year. It may happen in the next three. I'm just going to take a vacation as soon as we take the lead. Mm-hmm. So if we kick a field goal in the first drive, you know, you know, Jim Chaney does a really awesome job those first eight to ten plays of the game. Oh yeah, he's a, he's on fire those plays. If if you if I'm Jim, I'm going to just take the first ten scripted plays and I'm going to string them together. I'm going to say, man, I look like Joe Walsh. If we, Not if, Joe Walsh, Bill Walsh. Bill, Joe Walsh, Joe, guitar player. That's for freaking the Eagles. Yeah, his. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie's on crack. Uh, I, I got my Walsh's mixed up. I mean, really, uh, though, it, if we looked at it, on first drives and games this year, how many times do you think we scored on the first play? First drive, sorry, not the first play. We kicked a field goal against State, so I know that one. Georgia scored first drive. Yeah, we, we scored first on Georgia. We scored first on A&M, I think, too. We did, I believe. They, no. they, they scored the first drive. Scored first. Scored, yeah. Yeah. Texas think, Tech scored uh, first. Our first drive, though, we actually got stopped against A&M because we punted. I think we punted on the first drive. I have to look that up. I don't know. I th- we've been very successful on first drives, though. Um, I, I like how we're making these blanket statements and have no stats to back them no, up. No, zero stats. Who cares? No stats. It doesn't matter. Hey, you know what? Hey, I'll tell you what. If somebody wants to prove us wrong and do and do the research, uh, I'm too busy looking through the 1934 football schedule <laughs> to see what SEC East opponents we played then. Okay? So, tell you what, you go back to the games this season and see if we scored on the first drive, and you tell us if we're right or wrong. I know Bama stopped us and we punted. And they fumbled the punt, and then we they must have, and yeah. then we would have scored, but Cody Walker fumbled in the end zone. So I guess they did stop us on that first drive. So. Um, yeah, so we've we've had mixed success. Basically, Cheney's at his best when he's had a week to prepare for those. Uh, <laughs> Which is probably not a great – anyway, I'm not going to get on Chaney because it's his, it's his bye week too, guys. Chaney's at his best when he's not in the fourth quarter or second half. Yeah. Chaney's at his best when he's uh, just playing to the strength of the team. But uh, anyway, no, Kansas, like I was saying, Kansas AD, I know you're listening. 
Uh, <laughs> great guy. Gr- great candidate. Uh, whoever, you know, who, if you're looking for a head coach, man, I cannot recommend Jim Chaney enough. Those first drives are masterful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can only imagine what he would do with if he was in charge of your entire football program. Oh, he'd, so. he'd kill the Big 12, dude. Come on. <laughs> Oh, that's, he would slam. Actually, Alabama, you need, you're paying Saban too much money. You need to run him off and get Jim Chaney on the scene. Think of how high flying your offense would be for seven to six plays uh, every Saturday. Yeah. Man, Speaking of, I can already see it. On the on the topic of football, I think uh, the Brett Bielema press conference just got done, right, Colby? Yeah. Yeah, we got any quotes from that? I know I saw that Corliss Marshall's coming back, which is good. I saw he said he got some fresh legs. Yeah, Corliss Marshall's back. Um, that's kind of you know kind of the big news coming out of there. Um, uh, Jay Will, Spate, Skipper, uh, Tolliver, and Jefferson are kind of banged up, but they're supposed to all be back for LSU, which is good. So the bye week's probably coming in a pretty good week. Uh, we're starting to see some injuries, and so that's nice to – it looks like all of them will be back, and we should be full go then. And then uh, I seen another comment, Bielema 80, said he'd like to get Kendrick Edwards more, more touches in the game. So We've been saying that all year. That kid, that, for yeah. a month, yeah. so that kid can play. That's good. I, I wonder if he had to consult with his offensive coordinator on that one or if they just made that decision on his own. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure Billum was like, dude, Cheney, you got to use these big receivers we got. What are you doing? No, no, I'm going to throw it 40 times to midgets. It's just going to be a midget <laughs> receiving show. Come on. It's not midget. It's not midget. It's dwarf. I'm sorry. Um, that, was, <laughs> that was insensitive. I didn't mean to. Um, well, anyway, so, all right, so that was just a little study I had. You know, while we're on football, uh, obviously recruiting's heating up. You know, obviously recruiting's the pipeline. It's how you rebuild your program. It's how you get your talent. Okay, uh, this class that's signing, hopefully signing in February, is shaping up to be one of the all-timers for the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Um, There's not another University uh, of Arkansas, bro. Come on. What's that, sir? There's not another University of Arkansas. Come on. What about the one in uh, Craighead County? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, they, um, the Indians. Uh, the Indians were cool. It was when they turned to the Red Wolves. That's when it went bad. That's when it went south. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not trying to throw shade on any other universities in Arkansas. We, I am. We, we love our – Logan is. <laughs> uh, Colby's sort of our recruiting guru. He's very good uh, at what he does. Uh, he's really better than Richard Davenport because Richard Davenport uh, – I mean, I don't want to say he's better than Richard. <laughs> but, but he kind of – he's our guy, so he's, he's better. He's the poor man's Richard Davenport. He's the homeless man. He'll, he'll be – the new recruiting guy when Richard moves on and goes to do recruiting in Kansas with Jim Chaney. Uh, Colby, do we have anybody, uh, what are you hearing around, uh, new develops and recruiting, uh, this week? I know that, uh, Bert is going to visit somebody out West. Is it in Utah? Yeah, we actually had a question from hog fans was asking who, um, from hogfans.net, who was Brett being able to visit in Utah and it's Porter, uh, Gustin. He's a he's got probably forty offers, uh, close to five star. About every service has him ranked in the top hundred. He plays until he line. commits to Arkansas and becomes a two star. Hey, I would take it. Fine with me. He's like six five, about two forty, runs about a four six. Uh, big big guy. Um, I, I read Richard Davenport. I heard him on the radio, and he thinks that Arkansas has a good chance of getting a visit. And of course, if you know you know if you get him on campus, you have a good chance of getting so. Um, be, be a nice to actually get the official visit visit. I'm, I think his dad and Jim Chaney go back. Oh no! So maybe might have to wait to send him to Kansas until <laughs> we get his son's commitment or get a signature. At least get him on campus and then exactly. You know, I like it. I like it. Okay. Okay. That, that's promising. What position did you say he played? Uh, linebacker, defensive end. Oh, okay. So a little three-four hybrid action. Yeah, and Dang then we light. got 
um, Derek uh, Graham, who committed this morning, um, I think probably everybody knows, but he's a linebacker at uh, Florida, had offers from Florida, Mississippi State. We've actually been talking about him on a, the last couple episodes. Uh, runs a 4-5-6, uh, 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 big get for Arkansas. Someone's long, and he's already 6-4, and they can add on you know, maybe 20 pounds to him, and there's a good outside linebacker that Arkansas has been, been needing. And, if all else adds depth, and you, as we talked about the staff, that's kind of what they've been really good at here lately is uh, the last couple classes building depth. Uh, of course, we need in some other positions as well. But but th- th- that is one step in the right direction. I like that. Um, now, obviously, LSU, is uh, that's going to be on uh, Saturday, November 15th. Uh, have you seen a uh, do you, have you seen who might be visiting that game? Is that something that we're still waiting on? Have they publicized that? Yeah, a lot of kids will wait to that week to kind of. It, it all depends on how their games go and everything. But mm. uh, I know Dominique Reed's supposed to visit either LSU or Ole Miss. Hopefully LSU, since it's a night game, and maybe he can, uh, maybe he can come on board. Maybe they'll offer him, and uh, he'll go ahead and commit. Um, and that'd be a big get, and that definitely I think uh, would be done with the receivers as far as recruiting. Uh, yeah. And I think, uh, I don't know, we've got, I think Arkansas's got seven to eight spots left. I guess it's depending if they count Josh Allen back, the uh, guy who's committed to North Carolina, but wasn't, uh, he didn't qualify. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if they're going to count him back to last year or this year. Uh, depending on that, they got seven to eight spots. I think they take uh, one to two offensive linemen, probably Jalen Barnett, uh, mm-hmm. a guard out of Oklahoma, uh, rated by ESPN, the number one guard in the nation and it's between Arkansas and Oklahoma. And some people say Arkansas and Oklahoma are even, and some people say Arkansas has actually got a lead on him. And then you got Jalen Merrick out of uh, Florida, uh, offensive tackle Arkansas is looking at. Mm-hmm. And he would be a nice one to finish up. And then after that, I don't know if they'll take another offensive player unless maybe a running back, they get another one. And then I think the rest they put on, you know, toward like safety or linebacker. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Great stuff. Yeah, I saw we were rated uh, number 18 right now, but we have a lot less commits than most teams ahead of us. Our average uh, star rating is like, I think we're in the top 15 already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we got three point like four of one uh, average star rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, Which you look at like Tennessee and they're like 3.49, but they're rated like fifth because they've got like five or ten more commits than us. Yeah, exactly. So it'd be, it's going to be interesting to see closer to signing day if we can if we can get some bites on these uh, higher-up uh, recruits that haven't, uh, haven't committed yet, um, see how much we can jump forward. But even if we stay at around the 15 to 18 range, that's worlds better than we have been. Um, so good progress by Bert. And what you got to like about this class so far, and I figure they're going to finish out strong like they have the last two years. Is, I mean, look at everybody's offer. There might be a three-star, but they've got other SEC offers, got big-time offers. Uh, even that Josh Allen that came from North Carolina, he's a three-star, but had a Florida State offer, a Miami, a Georgia, Nebraska offer. I mean, about everybody's got another big-time offer that we've currently got committed. That's good to see, especially if we're actually getting some of these kids because, I mean, normally – uh, we can't really compete in that area um, against these big-time schools, but now we are, which is good. I know uh, seeing, I know we were successful with Petrino, but just I feel like we already have more like on-air time with Bielema, like on ESPN and stuff, mm-hmm. while we're losing. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but like yes. he was on CBS doing like a, he was like commentating, not commentating, but like a halftime show. Analyzing. Analyzing, yeah, yeah that's what I was trying to say. Um, he's been on ESPN a lot doing segments. They had that segment in the summer where he had like he was on every Tuesday just giving updates about the Razorbacks, who only won like three games last year. <laughs> so. Well, you know what? I, I'll tell you this, though. I think uh, that might actually work to our 
advantage a little bit. I mean, you know, Bert, he kind of lights up the room whenever he walks in. He's an outgoing personality, sort of a larger-than-life figure. Meanwhile, Bobby was sort of a stoic. We used to always joke about his sideline demeanor, yeah. and he be stiff as a board. So, like, can you imagine listening to Bobby Petrino for 20 minutes at halftime of Tennessee Ole Miss game? I can't imagine a worse L than that. Like, just like, you know, Petrino's obviously a genius and he knows what he's talking about, but I don't think that would make for com- – that would actually probably scare off recruits. Like, yeah. If, if Bobby had been on TV when he was recruiting Joe Adams and uh, Jarius Wright, those mugs would be Vols right now. Like, they'd be repping UT or something. And Joe Adams was going to be a Trojan, USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trojan, yeah. So, he'd be – He'd be getting ready to go back out west for the homecoming game or whatever, and like we'd we'd be sitting here like Bobby. We would have fired Bobby, but it would have been for lack of performance rather than uh, the other transgressions. So yeah, uh, I was I was listening to PA's uh, coach today on um, Game On with Westmore Michael Smith, Kevin he, Kelly, he, Kevin Kelly, and he was talking about how easy it is just to like to work with you know Bielema as far as like recruits. He's just so easy to. To talk to, and he said, you know, if I ever tough, even with, uh, uh, I can't even think of their tight ends, because Barry Lunny, they Very said well. he's easy to contact, he's like, I can text him, he replies right away, and he's like, it, it's, you know, that's kind of reflect off Brett Bielema, and he said, it's not always been that way, he's like, I like uh, Petrino's, uh, uh, I thought he's a good coach, but he said sometimes it wasn't the easiest. Well, Bobby, so. Bobby couldn't return texts, he was too busy texting volleyball players, man, <laughs> yeah, come yeah. on! But Bobby Molly. had two cell phones, Bobby had the Walter White going on, where he had the he had the one cell phone for business, and he had the one cell phone for pleasure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Bird is definitely way more likable. Um, it's still to be seen if he's going to be successful on the field. We haven't won an SEC game yet, but um, it doesn't hurt us if we do start winning some games. I mean, he's getting the, the media attention, and people like him, which is good. We just got to start winning some football games. And that's not even including Jeff Long, who's on TV, national spotlight all the time now, being the commissioner. Uh, the football playoffs. Um, which Jeff I also, Long, also very good at social media. Give him credit. Yes, he is. He, he tweets at me all the time. I still want my helmet, Jeff Long. I expect that. I know you're listening, Jeff Long. I know you're listening, Jeff. I want my helmet. He's taking time out right now to listen to this instead of uh, updating the uh, standings. He, he was probably sitting there giving an interview on ESPN. <laughs> he's like, I he got a text. Tweet. Like, I sent a tweet, and I said, we're, I'm in the studio right now with Logan. And he's probably like, oh, we're going to have to put this off for an hour and a half. <laughs> Logan's going to shake me down about this helmet. I got to get to him. I know. I got I to gotta figure out how to dodge him. I'm going to hide him. <laughs> it's just a different atmosphere on the hill, I think. You know, you've got you know, you've know, got a savvy AD in charge. you got you got Bert, who's obviously, like I said, a likable character. And, uh, you know, sort of the – you know Frank Broyles during his heyday, he was, which again he you know he retired in 2007, and mm-hmm. you know Houston Nut was you know he had his controversy, but it just seems like a, you know, it seems like a different you know definitely a different era, sort of a breath of breath of fresh air, mm-hmm. what with the recruiting and all, and you know and this staff knows how knows how to recruit and how to relate to these ball players, and um, again you know you don't know how much of it the assistants you know I know we were worried earlier in the group text about who might be hired away, who might do something else, but um, at this moment, you have to like sort of the, the, the new things that we – the innovation. Yeah, in that's what I like so much about Jeff, the innovation. He brought like a youthful spirit. I love Frank Brawls and what he did for this program, uh, but it was more of a traditional feel, whereas you know things are changing, times are changing. Um, and I feel like Jeff is the guy that, that's going to get it done. He obviously has already. We're getting new facilities for basketball, baseball, football, all in the time that he's – just in the short amount of time that he's been here. And we got top of the line facilities now in those aspects. So um, we we were far far behind before his arrival. Most definitely, most definitely. We got the new video board as well, uh, sure. which is amazing. I love that. 
Um, the only thing would be better is if we could bring the Jerry's World uh, board in there. That would be all right with me. <laughs> Jeff and I are and listening. It, and, and, and hang it from the thin air. Yeah. Above <laughs> yeah, make it happen, Jeff. You got this. But no, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff's great. He's good at communicating with the fans on Twitter. He's phenomenal at raising money. Um, and it's a great AD. I really like the guy. I know he got a lot of flack for fine BP, but BP kind of forced his hand there. Sure. And, uh, and Jeff, th- thank you for, for letting me cover uh, Razorback games and letting me get media credentials because that's really cool of you. And, um, you know, and, and, and the people in northeast Arkansas really love that. So uh, so thanks from everybody from uh, Crittenden County. <laughs> All right. Well, we got any more questions from Hog fans? I know we're going to talk about basketball some more. I know Colby went to the scrimmage. Yeah, we actually – they're both uh, – the- Next tour for basketball, so I mean we can oh, jump into seems that. Seems like a and... smooth transition. Nice, yeah. I was too uh, sad uh, after the Mississippi State game per se to go to the scrimmage. So Colby was the only correspondent there. I know you took some pretty nice notes. How do you want to go about this, Colby? You just want to go ahead and start? Yeah, I can start. I actually went to the game because I thought it'd be nice to forget about football for a little bit and you know something positive. Um, was it? I thought. Go ahead. Well, it, was it nice to forget about football for a while? It was, you know, definitely thinking about how, you know, I think the basketball team's going to break through this year, and so that was nice and you know, to get away from, especially the day after the loss. Yeah, I was packed. I know I saw a lot of pictures on uh, Twitter and Facebook. It was a good showing, I think. Um, really nice of them to come and do a scrimmage uh, for those tornado victims. I know they raised a lot of money and got a lot of canned goods for those kids. Yeah, it was, yeah, a, great, it was a great event for a good cause. Mm-hmm. And Go ahead, Chuck. They uh, what was the atmosphere like there? Like, how big a gym would you say that they were working with? How many people? I mean, it looked like there wasn't hardly any room. So, yeah, I think Valonia owns like sixteen hundred people, and it was it was pretty packed. There were some people standing too, so I'd I'd say around probably fifteen to sixteen hundred people like showed up for the scrimmage. So it's it's really you know they they packed house. That's what you know you're supposed to do. So uh, you can't beat that on a Sunday afternoon. That's a good point. I wish, Just up the road. I wish they'd do more scrimmages away from home like that. I know. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, Charlie, but the one of I think my dad and your dad and Kevin Carter went to uh, the red white game at West Memphis, the Devil Dome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yes. Yeah, because oh uh, God, what's his name? The guy went to Memphis. He was there. Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway was there. They're trying to recruit Penny Hardaway. Yeah, yeah they, uh, they, they, no one was there, and he was romping around. And there's actually a famous picture that I saw one time, and. Uh, Nolan was hanging out with Larry Bray, obviously le- legendary head coach of the West Memphis Blue Devils of what four-time state champion. Long time. And, uh, yeah, I mean he's you know and he's still there now uh, winning ball games. So yeah, uh, I-, I do like that aspect because I feel like you can really get out there and uh, sort of you know connect with your fans a little more because let's face it, Fayetteville is a is a tough. A piece to get to from people in other parts of the state and if it's a scrimmage where only 2,000 people are going to show up anyway mm-hmm. it almost uh, behooves you to uh, to have it in a place like that where you can, it, it feels more exclusive mm-hmm. uh, I feel like the atmosphere would be better and I feel like you could uh, you could maybe turn on somebody who's not necessarily an Arkansas fan if they just come out to the, uh, to the scrimmage and they see sort of what you have to offer because uh-huh. You know, you Fayetteville's not. You're not going to stumble upon Fayetteville. You have to set your mind to go into Fayetteville. Well, um, well, the, guys, there's only one problem with that. Um, you can't do that in Arkansas. I actually, had to get a waiver to do the Valonia thing. What? Yeah. I read that in the Democrat Gazette. That's right. I, I saw that. Well, we should get a waiver to go to West Memphis because yeah. not only would it be great for the fans, uh, it'd also be great for recruiting because uh, just right across the river. Uh, you got Memphis, which is obviously a hotbed of talent, which I'm pretty sure is the reason why Nolan went down there in the first place because Penny was there. 
it's and probably because Nolan and they have that rule now. Yeah, probably, guess what? It was probably somebody from Memphis was complaining, and they're like, "Hey, we Memphis, can't let Arkansas hey, come in here and saw our recruit." Let me tell you right now, the Memphis Tigers love to complain. So. Oh, absolutely. Oh, one hundred percent. They'll do anything they can to get uh to get rid of uh any sort of competition in their backyard. So. Yeah. Well, that ruins my hopes and dreams. So. <laughs> it was still cool oh, though. <laughs> so, so, so what kind of waiver do they want? Like, I mean, what? Well, I don't understand. Like well, they, I, it was just because I think because of tornado relief, the effort, you know, they were doing it for a good cause is why they'd actually go to the NCAA and say, "Hey, can we do the scrimmage here to raise money for this?" And NCAA is like, "Okay, they gave them a waiver," but I don't think they'd be like, "Well, we got this top-notch player down in Memphis, <laughs> you know, can we go do a scrimmage in his high school?" Yeah. And oh, so, I see. Yeah, I got. You. Yeah, because well, yeah, because they frown on recruiting, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was it, it was good while it lasted, I guess, back in you know yeah. the early nineties. Yeah, really. Yeah. Good job, NCA. You screw everything up. <laughs> Sad you are the world's worst. Sad times. Well, I guess, uh, Colby, you want to go ahead and talk about the scrimmage, what you saw, who you think is going to be a breakout player or something? Yeah, I, I thought overall the scrimmage went really well. I know you got to take the uh, scrimmages like that with a grain of salt, especially when you're having both teams are running, you know, running guns. So it's a little sloppy. But uh, first of all, Bobby Ford, is, uh, he's worked on his inside game quite a bit, still his guy's outside shot and – uh, it's, he's still he's gonna have a big year. I could see him, you know, maybe getting being all American by the end of the year. Definitely all SEC. Uh, Moses um, in the second half looked like he'd um, a couple times where he'd uh, get a pass and he'd just throw it down instead of you know sometimes he would just uh, he, he he was a little fin- more finesse last year. But I thought mm-hmm. a couple plays where he just threw it down. And I, I hope we see that more this year. Um, I was really impressed with Trey Thompson. I know he's not going to start, but I could see him definitely get some playing time, really physical uh, player down low, and uh, we'll go up and get the bo- rebound. And of course, we know last year had some problems rebounding. I like uh, Jabril Durham. I think he can. he's going to start at point guard for us. Um, he, he can get to the hole. He, he can dish, and he can score. Uh, Michael Qualls looked pretty good about the same last year, but uh, uh, looked a little better. Um I liked Antoine Beard. I thought he uh, was really aggressive. He didn't hit any threes in the scrimmage, but I know in the red-white game he had three or four, so maybe that was – I don't even remember him at one or two. Uh, Dusty Hannes, which he can't – which unfortunately he can't play, but he had five or six three-pointers. It would have been nice to have with Bell. I thought Bell looked more aggressive. I know it's a scrimmage, but I, hopefully he can bring that confidence in the, the, the season this year. And another thing I want to know, um, I think I know who the stars are going to be, and I think everybody there, because the first half they kind of split the teams pretty even. Well, in the second half, they it looked like the first team against the second team because they went Portis, Moses Kingsley, uh, Durham, Qualls, and missing one, Madden. And so I think that's who the stars, as of now, is going to be the starters because we actually had a question from Hawk fans um, uh, asking about Bobby and Moses to be on the floor at the same time. So it looks like they're going to start off the season with them both on the floor at the same time. What are y'all's thoughts? Like, would y'all like to see more of Bobby Moses, or do you kind of like how they did? Or That was sort of the, the debate last year, you know, the, why don't they ever play together? Why can't you, you know, and I think it depends on what you get from Trey Thompson. You know, the, the, the results have been sort of mixed um, with him. Even I mean, he's sort of a polarizing recruit. Um, for whatever reason. I mean, I, you look at his numbers last year. I mean, I, I admit I never saw him play, but you look at his numbers and it looked like he's one of the top players in the state. Of course, his team won the Class 5A title, and uh, he just looks uh, – now, if you feel like you can get something from him, that's excellent insurance because he can shoot the ball, and if he can just rebound the ball, then you've got three legitimate bigs that you feel like you can lean on. 
Um, otherwise, I think it just sort of depends on the matchup. You know, I feel like basketball in general is sort of going smaller and quicker and, um, you know, three-pointers and things like that, sort of like the San Antonio Spurs play because, um, you know, because the, the Razorbacks are the Spurs. We are. Um, <laughs> But I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like that's a matchup deal. I feel like if you've got somebody who's big, yeah, I think you've got to go with uh, Kingsley and um, Kingsley and Bobby. But I mean, I could see that being a fluid situation, sort of all season. Um, and again, you know, sometimes the matchup will dictate you have to go somewhere, someone else. I know last year the the stats with when Bobby and Moses shared the floor were uh, out of control, weren't they? I mean, I think yeah. defensively we were phenomenal, and I think offensively we even went up a tick as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a small sample size, but I think that's one of those things that, um, you know, uh, wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. I think we'll be a very versatile team. I think we're going to see a team this year that can play almost any any sort of way that you want. Uh, you know, if you got to play, if you got to go big, you can do that. If you want to go small and spread the floor with shooters, I think feel like we can do that. Um, you know, and if we get hit with foul trouble, I feel like we go nine to ten deep right now of guys that I know can play. So. Um, you know, yeah, Dusty Hannes would have been another body in the mix for us, and that would have been phenomenal. But uh, it is what it is, and um, you know, that I would say more, but I'm over here working on this uh, waiver to play half of our home games in a uh, West Memphis this year. So, <laughs> and, Logan, and, what do you think? Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Um, I think last year we had problems having both of them on the floor at the same time uh, because they were our two bigs. It's two only one options we had. Mm-hmm. So if one of them got in foul trouble, we were kind of screwed the rest of the game. You know, we kind of had to balance that out. Whereas this year, like you said, if Trey Thompson come out, come out and actually produce, um, we can actually probably use them both on the floor at the same time. Because um, I know last year we had a problem rebounding, and Kingsley Kingsley still actually struggles with rebounding. Um, I know in the in the red white game, I think he only had like three rebounds, which is kind of un, unparalleled for a guy his size. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something they need to work on. But I, I'm excited for the season, though. Like you said, I think there's. We're going to play a lot of different guys. Uh, we should see 10 or 11 guys playing probably, which is incredible. Um, I'm just excited. I really am. I think it's going to be a good year. I think Mike's going to break through. I land, another – I didn't mention Landis Harris. And another, uh, one thing that kind of bugged me last year is he shot a bunch of fadeaway threes, and he shot like – it wasn't even a good percentage. He shot like – he's the lowest on the team, I think, at 24%. But And he did a couple times at uh, Valonia, and I'm like, you know, because he's so effective when he drives – Maybe pulls up 15 feet. Or he's really strong, so I like him when he drives in, and he's just way more effective. And uh, I'd like to see him do more of that, and hopefully he does. He, he did it um, late in the game. I think the second half, um, uh, Saturday, or Sunday's uh, scrimmage, and hopefully uh, he'll start doing that so that his fadeaway three-pointers, I hate them. Yeah, he doesn't need to be shooting fadeaway three-pointers. He needs to stay in the paint at all times. Yeah, uh, you know, and you mentioned Anton Beard. He's a guy that I feel like – you never want to put too much stock into um into sort of a freshman. sort of yeah freshman, but I feel like he does exactly what we need. You know, I feel like last year he would have been a huge asset because he can handle the ball, he can shoot the three pointer, he can defend uh, reasonably well. Now he's not a big guy, but he you know he he can do almost you know I mean just so many things he can help you stretch the floor, and I feel like that's a guy that you know because sort of last year we had Kai Madden out of position. He was masquerading as a point guard, and uh, he wasn't as aggressive as you would like to see a guy that has his type of ability. You know, so I think just him showing up—if if all he does is bring the ball up, get us into the offense, and hit jumpers—then that moves Kai back to his natural position, which is the two or the three, the swing man position. And now you've almost improved uh, two positions. 
instead of having to play a guy out of position just to get by. So I think that is the biggest thing. Well, the good thing about uh, we got Durham as well, who can also play guard mm-hmm. for us as well. So I don't think Beard will be expected to be uh, the starter, but he will. I think he will play uh, quite a bit. He'll get quite a bit of looks this season. But from everybody I've seen, I haven't seen Durham play personally, but from everything I've seen online, uh, everybody's raving about this kid and how much of a difference maker he's going to be this year. I can get behind that. Um, you know, and again, we, we talked about a little bit about sort of the prospect of the SEC at large. And, you know, Florida, we expect them to take a little step back. Kentucky's not going to go too far. But, you know, we had success against them last year. It, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to see, um, to see Arkansas be there at the end of the year. Maybe come up with, uh, you know, maybe be one of the top two teams in the SEC, get a top four or five seed and, uh, again, those will be good things. Any number of things can happen. You got injuries, you got things, you know, going on. But I think if you look back at Mike Anderson, that's this is sort of when his program starts to take hold. You know, uh, Missouri. I think that was his fourth season when they went to the Elite Eight there and lost to a very, very good. Uh, I think it was UConn team. Um, you know, uh, UAB. I think it was his third season, but they they shocked uh, Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. So. With the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, Sweet 16 at UAB of all places. So, um, you know, there's a lot to like about this team. Um, And, again, I think that there are some people nervous because of how we ended the season uh, with those ugly losses to Alabama. Well, ugly doesn't even describe it. South Carolina was awful. Yes, South Carolina and um, Alabama. Alabama, yeah, just hideous losses. that, And after everybody had sort of – sort of – Turn, thought we'd turn the corner. I certainly did as well. So, um, well, the good, you know, the good thing is Mike's improved every season. Uh, we improved. Exactly. We improved uh, next season. Then we're going to be in the tournament, uh, no doubt about it. Um, and I think we do. I mean, like like you said, we're, we're I think we're the anything lower than third in the SEC would be a disappointment. I feel like I really do. I think Florida and Kentucky, you can make the argument, are better than us. But outside of that, I think we should we should be able to beat anyone else. Yeah, and again, like. I, it depends on the SEC. There are probably teams that I'm overlooking or don't think as much about, and I understand all that. Uh, I'm not as worried about the, the regular season, but I do feel like we have to make the NCAA tournament field. To um, I don't think anything – I don't think they would run Mike off or anything like that, but I feel like we do have to – we have to dance this year. We were too close last year, and um, you know I feel like we're more talented this year. I mean, what did we really lose? When you really look down, we lost Cody Clark. Clark. Cody was a good player. But Cody was the biggest so, loss. Everything else we, yeah. we we improved on, I feel like. Exactly. So again, and we've got more players and we've got yeah. you know I mean last year some, last year one of our guards was Kiko Hadar, and I love Kiko. <laughs> he plays his heart out. He did. He he made a lot of good plays for us. He hustled, but at the same time he's not exactly the most athletic person on the team. No. Whereas now we've got uh, you know, Beard and Durham coming out being our new guards to replace him and Gully. Which I think are definite improvements for both of those uh, prospects. So, and I love both those players. I liked watching Goli and Hadar play a lot, but I think we improved upon those positions there. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I think you're. I think you're just hating on Fayetteville kids, but that's just me. That is I'm true. They're both from Fayetteville. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we had a, a question. Uh, I was gonna make sure we got in. Uh, they wanted uh, one person from Hawk fans wanted us to kind of give a quick review of the SEC uh, as a conference and all the teams and kind of how it stacks up against the other conferences. Well, you know, the SEC is 14 teams now. and um, we talking about basketball or football? Basketball. Oh. Well, yeah, we, we, we kind of touched on uh, ten, uh, Kentucky and Florida a little bit. 
I like uh, LSU. LSU um, um, I was looking. I was kind of. I looked at a couple teams last night, and LSU is one of them. I'm like, you know, they lost uh, Johnny Bryant, yes. and they lost Hickey, but they've got this JUCO point guard that's coming in that was averaging like 40 points, and then they've got uh, the seven one uh, freshman that's coming in. So I, seven they one. might not. That's yeah, huge. and actually. And actually, Hickey, I was reading, apparently, they didn't renew his scholarship, and I thought Hickey's a pretty good point guard, one of the better ones in the conference, so they must really think a lot about this JUCO player if they're not renewing his scholarship. Hmm, interesting. Now, is uh, now LSU, I know last year they beat us down there. I'm trying to think if we played them at home. I don't yeah, think we, we won at home. Because that's when Bill home. Clinton, and they honored Nolan Richardson, and I think Bill Clinton, oh. and uh, oh, I What's his name from Coach Forrest thing? Went to Kentucky and then Oklahoma State. Oh, Eddie Sutton. Eddie Sutton, that it was all there. Oh, okay. So we split with LSU. Uh, you know, and again, like the, the road bus. So interesting. So you're thinking LSU. I think this is is this Trent Johnson's third year? Did he get there or he get there the same I, year as Mike? I think he got there the same year as Mike. And I, I think um, I think the top three is going to be Kentucky, Arkansas, and LSU, and then maybe Georgia, Florida. Yeah, well, a lot of people are hyping up Auburn because of Bruce Pearl, but it's going to take him some time to rebuild. It'll take him, yeah. yeah I don't, He's got no players there. A lot of people respect him on ESPN. They, they got him. I think they had him like fourth or fifth in the SEC, but I don't. I think they're setting themselves up for a letdown there. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's going to take him a little bit, but after year two and three, he might, they might they're going to be on the rise. I look at I was looking I'm looking at our schedule right now, and it it looks like we avoid playing. We only play Georgia once. We only play Kentucky once. We play only play Florida once, and we only play LSU once. But we play Kentucky, Florida, and Georgia all on the road. So, mm. so that's mm. kind of well. We won in Rupp last year, so we proved we can yeah. do it. So so that's a plus. Uh, you know, any, anybody else? Uh, Tennessee, they are still. Obviously, they lost Jarnell Stokes, who was a very good player for them. Uh, Tennessee finished their season hot last year, uh, made the field as a, what, 11 or a 12 seed, I believe, yeah, they right? they made it to the Sweet 16, right? Yeah. Uh, so they had a really nice um, run at the end of the season. But uh, before that, they were almost like Arkansas. I know that we, they beat us in an ugly, ugly game. The most the, terrible game ever. Yeah, the, you know, uh, they sort of got us in the mud a little bit, and it, I think they won. I, I want to say the game was in the 50s. Maybe they cracked the 60s, but I know we were up until late. Uh, I don't expect Tennessee will be back. You know, Vanderbilt, they always seem to put a pretty good product on the floor. They're really uh, young, I think. Really young. Okay, so that's good. Uh, you know, South Carolina, they are still trying to find their way under Frank Martin. I think he got there the year after Mike. Uh, he's sort of a proven commodity uh, at Kansas State and other stops, but – um, I feel like Florida lost a lot too. They're pretty young as well, I believe. Yeah, I think they only re- returned maybe one or two star- starters. I know they've lost most of their scoring, but yeah, I know they got a lot of freshmen here that I'm looking mm-hmm. at right now. And Billy Donovan's son's actually on the team. I didn't know that. I missed that. Oh, oh, M- Matt Damon, his son. <laughs> Eddie Munster, his son. Apparently, he's a senior. I didn't know that. Uh, I guess he never plays, which makes sense. But yeah. Well, the the more he plays, the better off we are, I bet. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So well, they, go ahead and hand him the ball. They lost that good guard. What was his name? He killed us. The big guy. Yeah, he, hit the, he sent it in overtime. The, yeah. um, I can't remember his name, but they lost him, which is good for news for us. I don't know. I, they, I can see us finishing second, honestly. Um, Kentucky, man, they just brought – they didn't. They lost fewer people to the draft than normal. Um, and they, they recruited in the top five again. And they were so. close – I think they had the number two recruiting class or number one. I, can't, I think it was number one, actually, again. So it's pretty good, pretty good gig if you can get it. Well, I mean, if Calipari is handing out vets and stuff, you know, it's easy. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Uh, l- l- let it be known that the Hogcast is not uh, is not accusing 
John Calipari of uh, handing out Corvettes. Uh, certainly not all of us. Oh my god. Um, even though you know. <laughs> even though uh, his uh, schools that he goes to have been suspended. Uh, I, don't, I, don't know what you're about. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it happened. Uh, That's a fact. <laughs> well, you know, you say that, but uh, there's, there's no telling. Uh, you know, nobody's perfect, so uh, oh, hold on. See. Okay, Cam Newton. I, I, I got the legal department over here sweating me. <laughs> legal department's like, what's Logan talking about, man? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Care. I'm a loose cannon, man. He so is. He'll fly off the handle so damn fast. So do y'all think the SEC will uh, be a little better this year as far as conference uh, compared to other conferences? I know last year, what did we get, three in? I think Tennessee, Florida, and Kentucky, I think, the only three. Do you think, think we get four or five this year, maybe? I think maybe a lot four. of that was overrated myself. You know, yeah. I think I think that the SEC was beating up on each other. I think the difference was the SEC didn't have that one um, heavy hitter, that one uh, – that one, you know, national title contender. Everybody thought Florida would be that, you know, and Kentucky had a really good season as well. Um, but yeah, other than that, like after those two top-notch programs, you fall off. Nobody thought Tennessee was going to do what they did. I think you will see that just because I think that Arkansas will take care of business more this year. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think LSU might be in the hunt too. Now, the, you just said seven-one to me, and I just that's all I can think about. So. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to take getting uh, more SEC teams consistently good again. For yeah. it to be, because right now the na- national media is in love with Florida and Kentucky, and that's it. That's all they care about when it comes to the SEC, and that's fine. They're the only two that have done anything really in recent history um, on a national scale. I would say, you know, Ole Miss—they made it to the what, the Sweet 16 a couple years ago with Marshall Henderson. Marshall, mm-hmm. um, and then Tennessee obviously made a run last year, but they're not consistent uh, going to Sweet 16s. So I mean, it's going to benefit the SEC a lot to have Arkansas come back to prominence, hopefully. Um, and give us some more legitimacy in the league. Hopefully, Arkansas can go out of this. They got a tough out of the conference schedule. Hopefully, they can go, you know, out and represent the SEC, and you know, maybe beat the SMU or you know, win one of these road games against Clemson, Iowa State, or SMU, and kind of put put or put them on the map. That Iowa State game is going to be a doozy. I'm actually really excited but, to watch that one. Who did? Um, I, I I know we're probably running out of time, but did y'all want to do uh, the season predictions too, or on basketball? Mm. Oh, uh, we can, yeah. I um, I, man, I feel like we might want to do that like probably the week before though. Okay, I, okay. I'd like to do a little bit more research on it. I haven't really looked at okay. the schedule too. I, see, I, I did my research and I was ready. Colt is ready, dude. I, I can do some more research. We, we, we got to talk about this in the group message, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to surprise y'all. <laughs> surprise. Colt's <laughs> chomping at the bit. Guess what? I mean, if we wait, wait. If we want to talk about position in the SEC, we could probably do that and just talk about yeah, the record later. I mean, I feel like, I feel like two or three is probably a pretty safe bet for the Razorbacks. Yeah. I could see us, I could see us jump in Florida because I do think they lost a lot, um, but I think Kentucky still comes out on top. I'm not saying we don't beat Kentucky in our head-to-head matchup because I think we probably could, but I could see us losing to some teams we probably shouldn't as well because that's just yeah. typical what happens yeah, last couple style. years. That's our style, especially in the Tad Pad. Uh, we don't usually win there. Mm. Yeah, Ole Miss, and we do play at Ole Miss. So. Well, you, well, you know, the, the, they blew the breakers out a couple years ago when we played out there, and they, you know, they they, they gave us the screw and they killed the power, and they, do, they, you know, they do all sorts of funky things to try to try to, you know, be Arkansas. So they'll they'll literally pull out all the stops. So and Chuck, um, you know, you did the the segment about scheduling the SEC. We're getting the screw job on the schedule, and we need to do one on the refs, uh, mm. the best conference. And this is not just for Arkansas. I think the SEC is the best conference in bat, or, uh, baseball and football and probably other, other sports besides basketball. But it has the worst officiating in every sport, it seems like. And it's <laughs> it like, does. you know, why do you not have better officials? And, and it, like I said, it's not just against Arkansas. I think it's the whole league or, you know, everybody gets, you know, a, a screw job every now and then from the officials. 
Well, I mean, we saw last week they had a doppelganger in every game for pin wagers. He was in every yeah. game last week. Anytime you can pin, you you can uh, clone a terrible official like pin wagers, <laughs> and uh, and get him at all the games. Then you are uh, again, you're, you're ahead of the game, and you're always going to have people talking about it. Now, Colby, what I will tell you about that, I, I'm not going to say anything one way or the other about your theories on SEC officials. I'll just direct you to a SEC director of officials, Jim Cheney. Whoa, uh, <laughs> Jim Cheney back in the mid. He's uh, that's why it's hard for him to game plan other than ten plays because he's also running the. Uh, officials assignment so um you know so he's a busy man you know that's why he can't really recruit well we're running out of time um for this episode uh, i think we're going to record again give you guys next week uh the lsu preview kind of talk about how they did against bama um and probably have more in-depth analysis on that you guys got anything else uh i love you guys <laughs> and chuck <laughs> That's it. That's all I've got. That's, I just, all, I, I just that, wanted, that's it. Just wanted to say I love you. I'm glad. I, I can't top that, so I don't have anything else to say. Why? Well, you, you can just agree or disagree. Do, do you love me? No one loves you, Charlie. No comment. <laughs> oh, man. It's well, like that. I'm going to hang out with Jim Chaney. Oh, man. Why, well, right, guys? Be looking for the new episode next Tuesday or Wednesday, the 11th or 12th of November, and have a good weekend. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go Hogs. <laughs>